0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast, coming to you from DraftKings
1: Studios with your hosts Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Week one is here people yes we are glad that you are with us on this wonderful magical dfs journey fantasy footballers dfs podcast i am kyle Morganoni. i am here with matthew betts matt tell us how you're doing
0: oh my gosh kyle i thought you never asked i am so happy and excited week one is here we put in a lot of work this off season to kind of refine our dfs process figure out what worked last year Um, what didn't work and how to get better. And we spent a ton of time and effort to do that. So we're here and it's time to roll it out. So let's do it for week one, man. I'm excited.
1: We have a lot of people that got to join us this summer. And I think that's part of what you and I have enjoyed is getting to talk about the game and thinking about this as a game in itself, not just football takes, not just takes about salary and fantasy point projections, but within a game, how do we play it? And so DFS is different This is DFS for the rest of us. That's how we like to explain our show. And so I just want to outline for you the way that we're going to do these main slate podcasts are going to come out on Friday. So hopefully you would have taken home the cash in the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. We previewed that earlier in the week. But for these main slate shows, what we're going to do is we're going to quickly give you those cash picks because a lot of people, they listen to podcasts and they want straight picks. And those will be straight fire. Those will be just really clear and those will be the picks that a lot of them the bets and I use in our own personal lineups. Then we will go through some games we like to stack. We think that is actually the best way to talk about tournaments is talking about the games, talking about them from a football perspective, and then finding a narrative and just running with it. And then at the end of the show, we will go through a DFS battle royale where we have a couple of categories. Last year, bets took home the crown and beat me in that competition, so we'll have that again. And then finish off with a mailbag and a special, special announcement that you can join us for free, free DFS. So should be a great show. And if you want to jump in even further with us, if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, I this isn't enough. You guys didn't go through every single pick. Well, we actually do that in the DFS pass. And so uh, on Thursdays, we get to give our cash picks and GPP picks. I know, bets, you just finished up your DraftKings picks. So if people wanted to get a hold of that, what should they do?
0: Yes, they should go to dfspass.com. And when you get in there, if you already bought the UDK but didn't get the DFS pass with the UDK Plus, that's okay. Now's the time to do it. You can upgrade with the promo code DFSPOD. It's going to save you 15%. And if you didn't get the UDK at all or the DFS pass and you're like, man, now's the time I'm all in on DFS, go get the DFS pass and use that same promo code. Again, DFSPOD, save yourself some cash.
1: I'll just say, I think the thing that pays for itself this year is that one, we're not charging monthly, but the roster percentage report will be live on Friday after lunchtime. So please don't play DFS blindly. If you're like, oh, I like this player. I think he's really good. Uh, realize that other people are playing in this game and you need to think about them as well. So uh, be a part of that, dfspass.com. But let's go into our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. This section and segment of our podcast is always going to be brought to you by randy gene moss one of the true goats of football mr straight cash homie so Bets, why don't you start us off at the quarterback position who you like
0: i would love to kyle i'm gonna start this conversation off with kyler murray uh he feels like the safest cash play in my opinion at the quarterback position this week we know what kyler is last year if we recall before the shoulder injury he was the quarterback one, just having an insane rushing, you know, upside and floor combination. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt that, oh yeah, he has DeAndre Hopkins as well in a game that features a massive total with the Titans that we're going to talk about in more detail in a second. So for me, if I'm paying up a quarterback this week, I'm all about Kyler Murray.
1: And we're going to be using DraftKings prices for this because that's where we play the most. Our podcast is sponsored, but I run up the FanDuel one and there's a lot of similar overlaps. So for quarterback, yeah, I want the mobile quarterbacks. So Kyler's at 7.6 Jalen hurts. We'll detail that game in a second at 6.4. And then Josh stallion at 7.4 against the Steelers. Like, I think that's our consensus three guys at quarterback because you know, the floor is just super high and you can just totally trust them and paying up for quarterback. Just, it just makes sense. But running back, I think is what people have the most questions. Like who should I play? I have CMC. So who are consensus cash picks at running back?
0: Yeah, we have a couple of different ones here listed on the dock, but I think the general take home is that there's there's kind of a big three this week. It's, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who we didn't get at all last year, pretty much for the most part. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are kind of sitting there, those those top priced guys. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm gonna play one of those three for sure in my lineup. I'm just not sure which one, but I think my lean right now is Dalvin Cook at nine point one K taking on the Bengals. I don't think we need to tell you guys how good of a player Dalvin Cook is. I mean, you look at this matchup. I mean, I expect Minnesota to just come out and kind of you know, that minus 3 line for for the Vikings seems low. I expect them to control this game, and they should do that leaning on Dalvin Cook. So he's my preferred spend-up option this week, but you can't go wrong with McCaffrey or Kamara, honestly.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty tight together. McCaffrey is definitely the most expensive, and I think he'll come in lower than those other two just for that uh Kamara, you get a little bit of a discount at 8.6. So when I've been toying with my cash game lineup, it's basically been like I have to have Cook or Kamara For me, one of them have to be in there. And if I can get both, if I can jam both Kamara and Cook, then I feel uh, super confident. But if we're going a step lower than just the the top studs, uh, who are a couple guys in that middle tier, including one I see on here, like his price is just egregious.
0: Yeah, Najee Harris to me is just, uh, on FanDuel it's laughable. He's 5.9K on FanDuel. It is an obscene value for a player who entering the year we already knew was the workhorse back, and then they put Anthony McFarland, his quote-unquote backup, on IR. So, like, who the heck is taking touches from Najee Harris, and he's priced below 6000 on FanDuel. Uh, we, of course, usually like to play running backs that are favored in the game when you talk about the the DraftKings sportsbook total in lines. They're underdogs, but you can't argue with the workload at that price. So I will still play Najee in cash, especially on FanDuel. His price over on DraftKings as well is really appealing. He's only six point three k over there.
1: Yeah, if you know you're going to get 20 touches for below 7K, that's usually bankable. And so for week one, just in terms of roster construction, if you want to get one of those studs we talked about, then it's really easy to get Harris is kind of in that RB2 flex territory like that's just perfect. And then I'll just throw in two more names. Antonio Gibson, we brought him up. You wrote an article, what was it, like a month ago when you when the prices came out that was like, okay, Antonio Gibson, why is he 5.9K? Uh, against the Chargers so he's up there and then I just need to throw this in there I feel confident personally playing Raheem Mostert at 5.8k as a heavy road favorite against the Lions because their defense stinks what do you think (laughs) very
0: strong analysis from you in week one here Kyle yeah no it makes a ton of sense they're more than a touchdown favorite we saw what this rushing attack is in the preseason they're gonna I think they're gonna run all over the Lions I'm not sure how I'm going to attack him in cash. I actually really love him real quick. I know this is not the conversation, but I love him in GPPs. There's kind of some different numbers out there in the industry with his roster percentage projection, and it seems way lower than it should be. So I like him in cash. I also love him in tournaments. I just think he's a great play overall because we don't really need him to have 20 touches to get there. We've seen him get there on 12 to 15 because he's so explosive.
1: Yeah, he's just super efficient. So uh, some people are trying to game script this and say, oh, he's going to get ahead, then Trey Sermon's going to get in. So I totally get that. I just think the price is great. And we love that team. We love what they can do. At wide receiver, it gets interesting. And so when we talk about cash picks for wide receiver, just hear me out if you're listening. There are so many dudes. I mean, there are so many guys, especially at the top, that you're like, okay, I could really bank on anyone. You, know, you could say Devonta Adams. You could say Tyreek Hill. We are giving our picks that we feel the most confident based on a point per dollar projection. So, if I had to pick in that stud tier, I'm picking Calvin Ridley. Not as a Falcons fan, but as a the Eagles stink fan.
0: I I love it. I mean, I feel like I'm going to just Have this emotional back and forth all game where like I have a ton of Calvin Ridley in season long. I have him at best ball. I'm going to play him in DFS, but at the same time, it's going to break my heart when the Eagles lose. But I also have the over on the Falcons win total. So like I just I want to kind of get even in this game, and I feel like Calvin Ridley is a good way to do that. So yes, I agree with you. If you're spending up to play a wide receiver for me, Calvin Ridley makes a ton of sense. I also think you could you could spend up for Diggs. You know he's going to dominate the target share as well. That makes sense. But yeah, Calvin Ridley's in a smash spot here. He's going to run circles around the Eagles secondary.
1: And there's a boatload of cheap receivers that DraftKings priced a long time ago, and they're only going to go up from here. So I just want to list some of those guys that we really like in cash. If you are getting multiple stud running backs, if you're getting Cook, Kamara, or Kamara and CMC, if you're getting those type of players in your cash lineup, Devonta Smith in the same game is uh, one of my favorite cash game lineup guys. If you're playing Hurts and stacking That's totally fine. We like that game. We'll we'll profile it from a stacking perspective for a second. Devonta Smith, Jerry, I realized that I basically picked all Alabama wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Jerry, Judy, (laughs) Devonta Smith.
0: Nobody, those guys,
1: those guys basically all played together and they were freaking awesome. But Jerry Judy at 5.5 is probably too low. And, uh, there's a couple other guys that are going to be super popular. So maybe let's have that conversation. Uh, if people don't know, so, Why don't you take that?
0: Yeah, in terms of those cheap wide receivers, because you can't pay up for everyone in in your lineups. Obviously, it's not how it works. So you have to spend down somewhere. And this week, it looks like Marquez Callaway is the spend down option at wide receiver. I mean, his roster percentage. What would you say, Kyle? You're the one that writes it up in the DFS pass. I mean, I'm seeing like 30 to 40 percent. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it's going to be somewhere in that range. And in cash, like it wouldn't shock me if he got above 40.
0: Yeah so you can play him in cash he's cheap enough that he's not going to burn you um i am not touching him with a 10-foot pole in any tournament lineup i'm just going to take a stance that that any any receiver that has that roster percentage we should be fading in gpp so i will not play him there he's fine in cash but then other guys that i think could get a little chalky again in tournaments but are fine in cash that i I like a lot Corey davis we saw him dominate targets in the preseason with the jets Um, We still don't know if Jamison Crowder is going to play given the COVID situation. If he's out, I mean, they're looking at a two wide receiver set of a rookie in Elijah Moore who missed a lot of time in camp because of a quad issue and just Corey Davis. So he should be able to dominate targets there. He's only 4.9K on DraftKings. And then pity city, dude. Come on, Michael Pittman, your boy. uh, I'm very excited about this week. He's just 4.1K. Remember, we have no T.Y. Hilton in the lineup this week. So someone has to catch the football for Carson
1: Wentz. And we'll profile that game in a second, the Colts and the Seahawks, but just to put a button on the end of this Marcos Callaway week one hype and everyone's going to play him. Like Ben said, it's okay in cash because he's only 3.4. So if he gets you eight, nine points, you're okay. It's totally fine. You can move on. You're asking him to do a lot to overcome how popular he's going to be in GPPs and we we usually fade the matchups, but this is one of those matchups that you and I go, okay, uh, he has Jair Alexander on him. And so when I write up the wide receiver cornerback matchups, like, why would we jump all in with a wide receiver who really hasn't done that much in the pros? Like we loved him for best ball when he was cheap, but now that he's super popular, we're off in tournaments and he's had one game, one game in his career where he's had something of note. So yeah, Marcos Calloway is not really someone that we're big on this week other than it's fine in cash, but let's finish it up with tight end and defense.
0: Yeah, tight end, dude. I mean, we're gonna go with the guy's jersey that you're wearing. You're wearing a Kyle Pitts jersey as we speak. Uh you're Falcons fan. Kyle Pitts is fun to root for. Double double pits. Double double pits for me this week in cash. <laughs> Michael Pittman and Kyle Pitts. Um They're they're taking on the Eagles, and again, we're going to profile that game, but last year they got destroyed by tight ends, and everyone is very excited about Kyle Pitts for good reason. The only concern for me is more on like tournaments. What do we do with him, which we'll talk about in a second, but in cash, I'm fine going to him. He's 4.4K. You could argue there has never been a tight end with his ceiling at that price in, in terms of DFS, so if you want to go with it in cash, totally fine. Just know you're not surprising anyone by doing that.
1: He's going to be over 5K next week. And he's the Falcons wide receiver, too. He's not a tight end. So it's a bit silly what his price is. Uh, Got to mention George Kittle because he's a huge discount from Travis Kelsey, about 1900 less. So George Kittle, if you want to pay up and then you and I like a good punt tight end. So my favorite punt tight ends this week, which we'll mention a little bit more later, but dude, I kind of like Tyler Croft for the Jets. I
0: was going to say, you might need to tell people who he even plays for. <laughs> because he is a name that has not been on anyone's radar in a very long time. Yes, for the New York Jets, they just traded Chris Herndon. So he's the dude. And, and like we said, I think his outlook probably improves if Jamison Crowder can't go in this one.
1: Defense is a crapshoot, people. So just know that and know that there are going to be certain teams that are popular. My Falcons are going to be super popular because of the stone men at 2000. So Falcons are going to be a really cheap defense that people are say, I don't really care. Give me three points in cash. Let me save the money. So the Falcons would be super popular. I've also seen the Jets as another team that people have talked up a bunch. But I would say in that middle range, if you're like, okay, I can't go all the way to the bottom. I feel like the Broncos against your boy Daniel Jones are going to be there right at 3300
0: Yeah, they're a phenomenal play this week if you have the salary to get there. Um, Right now, my cash lineup has the Falcons in there because they just save you so much money. But if you can get to the Broncos, they're a great spot here. Uh, against Daniel Jones, who we've seen fumble over and over, and commit a ton of turnovers. So, love that
1: spot for Denver. All right, let's talk about our favorite stacks of the week. Stack attack. This is the section of our lovely podcast where it's not safe for work. These aren't safe plays. These aren't safe, and so I decided this week this will be the first week and the only week that this segment is brought to you by Michael Joseph glennon do you want to explain to people who that is
0: <laughs> oh mike glennon uh, last year if he rode with us um i'm surprised you're still here because kyle <laughs> for some unbeknownst reason to me recommended mike Lennon as a cash game quarterback last week and it <laughs> our last year i mean and it was just it was gold he had a, a horrific game he was terrible to be fair he was a super cheap quarterback so it kind of made sense but uh he will forever be i feel like a member of this podcast and i also would like to let everyone know in a little secret I lost quite a bit of money on Mike Lennon in the preseason when he threw a Hail Mary at the very end of the Giants last preseason game. So um, that really hurts me to my soul. So, yes, this is brought to you by our best friend, Mike Lennon.
1: All of our picks that we give, once again, are in the DFS pass. So if we don't hear the player that you really like, we probably profiled them in the DFS pass full write up. And just a reminder, tournaments are about limiting the things that you have to get right. You know, there's nine people you have to put in your lineup. Stacking, when you stack players together, and we did a bunch of episodes, there's a lot of content on why we stack. It's giving you correlation and that's what you need. So it's limiting instead of saying, what are all the individual pieces I need to get right? It's saying, you know, I'm going to play Mahomes and I'm going to play Kelsey together. And that's only one thing I have to get right. Rather than saying, I'm going to play, you know, Mahomes and Kittle and say, uh, well, I hope they both do well. So does that make sense? You're just trying to correlate. So let's go through this first game that has the highest total of the week. So who are these two teams?
0: Yeah, this first game we'll talk about is the Browns and the Chiefs. Like you said, highest total on DraftKings Sportsbook. Got bet all the way up to 54 and a half. Kansas City is favored by five and a half points here. So this is a game that I think we're looking at, you know, a conversation in terms of do we think this has the ceiling to get there? Because... Vegas is telling us it does. But if you recall last year, this is a game in the playoffs that was ended up finishing 22 to 17. So I don't want people to take this as like this is a locked and loaded optimal game stack. I think it's okay, but there are paths to downside here that I think not a lot of people in the industry might be considering.
1: Yeah, there are paths in this game where let's say it hits 50. And yet none of the players give you what you want because on the the Kansas City side, they're so expensive. So when you start adding up the players like Mahomes and his salary, and then you're picking who you're going to stack them with, like you're going to stack them with Tyreek or you're going to stack them with uh, Kelsey. I mean, we can't stack them with Sammy Watkins, right?
0: Oh, you could do it, but it would be a very, very uh, poor play (laughs) considering he plays on the Ravens and also he plays on Monday Night Football.
1: Man, Sammy Watkins Week One is the only time that you play him. By the way, Uh, no Mahomes on Fanduel. I think it's where I would play him. He's at eighty eight hundred, and I would stack him with Kelsey or or Tyreek, and they're the same price at eighty five hundred. So that's what I would do. Um, On DraftKings, it's like I think that there's other places, and you have it in here. Mahomes has actually done better for DFS purposes when he's an underdog, which is kind of hilarious because he's not an underdog that often. But we want him chasing. We want the, the volume with Mahomes. And so I feel like the stacks, if you're doing it, I would do Mahomes, pick one of those two options, and then run it back with either Beckham or Landry.
0: Yeah, that probably makes the most sense. You can't double stack, in my opinion, this week. I mean, in theory, like mathematically, you could. It doesn't make sense in terms of how much you're sacrificing elsewhere in your lineup. If you try to stack Mahomes, hill and kelsey it is more than 50 percent of your allocated salary on DraftKings, and you have to have them all three have career games to for that to pay off so that's where i want to caution people don't just like jump all in on this game because it'll really burn you elsewhere in your lineup so i think you like you said you have to pick one of those two guys um i actually like spending up for kelsey this week as a really contrarian way to build your lineup because as we talked about in the cash game section a lot of people are going to play Kyle Pitts, and so they're not going to spend up for Travis Kelsey. They're going to say, I'll take the cheap um, tight end. I'll take a cheap defense. I'll spend up at running back. And that's optimal in cash, we think. But in tournaments, I mean, Travis Kelsey could easily blow George Kittle and uh, Travis, or excuse me, um, Kyle Pitts out of the water. So I like that spend up option in tournaments, and I do agree with you. One of the bringbacks for me preferred is Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham.
1: Yeah, if you double stacked and you had Kelsey and Hill, uh, you don't even have a running back in your roster yet and you only have half of it left over. So it's just too thin. Also realize in a tournament, if you wanted Mahomes and you want to stack them with Hill or Kelsey, you're asking for that duo right there with Mahomes. You're asking both of those players to get you 80 points. Like that's not, that like anything less than that and they didn't pay off. So uh, Mahomes and Kelsey is what I prefer in FanDuel. I think Tyreek's fine in cash if you just wanted to pay up and you feel safe with him. But on the Cleveland side, how do they get there? Like, How does this side of the game get there? How do you flip the script if you were going to stack?
0: Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield stacks are kind of interesting this week as a really contrarian play. It's not going to be my highest exposure for sure this week, but I'll probably have a lineup or two with Baker double stacks because there's a the sentiment around Cleveland that this is a run first team. That's what they want to do. That's who they are. But we really saw them pick up the pace and pick up their passing attempts in the second half of the year. As Baker got more comfortable with Kevin Stefanski, he excelled in the play action passing game. So I think Baker at 5.9 K is easily stacked with one or two of his pass catchers. Um, You can include cream Hunter, Nick Chubb in that if you want to, but I do think that's a really contrarian way to get there. And I'm going to spoil it for everyone. My biggest pick is the Browns to cover the spread I think they're going to go plus five and a half I'll take the points I just see this game being closer than I think a lot of people think
1: yeah I definitely think the Browns are set up where they can be competitive there will be more weeks where we play Nick Chubb and we talk about you know using him in cash or especially on Fanduel where his skill set is better but uh yeah for me it's like Baker pass catching options run it back with Tyreek or Kelsey on the other side and I will take the Chiefs minus five and a half because uh yeah, it's a close line, but I'll take the Chiefs. All right, let's highlight this next game, which we said last week will probably be the most popular. Right now, it's not coming in as popular as I want it to be, which is great. Like, I It's great because we love the pieces here. It's the Cardinals at the Titans. The Titans have a 27.5 point implied total. Cardinals are three less than that. And the total for the game, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, is 52.5. So... Let me just say this. We like these teams because of the pace. They go super fast. And we also like these teams because they've decided that their secondaries are optional. They're an optional part of the game. They stink. They're bad. I think I've said stink five times already, but the Cardinals (laughs) secondary is bad. Why don't you explain that?
0: Yeah, it's not good for the Cardinals. They entered the year as one of the bottom five secondaries on paper, at least. And that was with Malcolm Butler, who just retired. So they got they got they they went from bad to worse in the last two weeks. And now they're kind of scrambling to like make up for that. So this game sets up perfectly, where you have on the Cardinals side of the ball an offense that wants to go, 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 and a defense in secondary that's going to try to stop Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown. Good luck. This game could tr- turn into a track shoot. I would expect the Vegas total to be a lot higher. I love the over here. So yes, like you said, if somehow this game doesn't get as chalky or popular as maybe what we initially thought it would— I will be all over this in tournaments.
1: Betts has also brought this up many times over the last year, but if Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is playing in a game, it's probably hitting the over. The Titans hit the over more than any other team in the NFL last year. And shockingly, the Cardinals uh, were second fewest in their over. So something's got to give here. And I think we like the pace. When we mentioned Kyler is just super safe. He averaged 25 (laughs) DraftKings points a game, which is just silly Tennessee allowed the fourth most passing yards, the second most total yards. I feel like if you wanted Kyler and just played him naked, which if you're a new listener, that doesn't mean you're derobed. It just means that Kyler is by himself. But if you wanted to make your lineup, we're not going to judge you. We're not looking at you. You do, uh, you, man. You, you, you know, you, you you, can do that. But Tannehill's interesting because he's a lot cheaper. On DraftKings, he's only 6500 You have any interest in stacking with Tannehill?
0: I love me some Ryan Tannehill this week in DFS. Yes, I love it because I do think Kyler is on paper a better play. I do think that he is going to be the more popular guy. But who's to say Ryan Tannehill doesn't come out and beat Kyler Murray straight up in in points, especially at his salary? I think it's entirely possible. And one thing that we're kind of throwing out the window, or I think that most people are thinking about when throwing this out the window, because they're so excited about Kyler, let's not forget the Titans have the second highest implied total in terms of their team total on the entire slate. And generally that correlates well with fantasy production. So I think Tannehill is going to come in less popular than than Mahomes, less popular than Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. I easily think he could be the QB one on the slate. I don't think it's a high probability, but it's there. And yes, how can you not be excited about him with AJ Brown and Julio Jones? And don't forget, he correlates positively with Derrick Henry, or at least it's what we saw last year. So there's many ways to play this. Um, I'll probably have several roster constructions built around this game. And a lot of different Ryan Tannehill exposures.
1: Yeah, Derrick Henry's interesting because he's probably going to get lost. He's a Fanduel only play for me this week, and on Fanduel he's one of my favorite GPP plays because he's expensive at eighty nine hundred. But in Titans wins last year, so the Titans were eleven and five. He averaged he averaged one hundred forty three rushing yards per game. That is just ridiculous. It was actually pretty good in losses too. It was like eighty four yards, but. Uh, Derek Henry is who I would stack him with in, in GPPs. And then I like Julio at the discount because I think he's going to come in a little bit lower. He's not dead yet. Last year, he was fourth in yards per route rung about, uh, among all wide receivers. He's receiving yards for breakfast. He's awesome. Uh, so don't forget about him, but you could really stack Tannehill with two of those guys. If you wanted to go Tannehill, Henry Julio, or just Tannehill and AJ Brown, like you could really go either of those. But if you are going to do that, How would you run it back on the other side? Because you probably can't do Tannehill, Henry, AJ Brown, Hopkins.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that'd be running into probably a little bit uh, too much roster percentage. It'll be too chalky to bring it back with uh, Hopkins. So the two guys that I'm looking at potentially are Rondell Moore at The Stoneman, he's $3,000 on DraftKings. And if you saw any of the preseason for the Cardinals, he is going to be on the field and they're going to manufacture touches to him. And at 3K, you don't really need him to have this massive performance to pay off his salary. So I think that he makes a lot of sense as a bring back or a stacking partner with Kyler. And then don't forget about Chase Edmonds, right? He is a guy that is extremely cheap this week. And I feel like DraftKings didn't know what to do when they put out the pricing. Like they have him and James Conner both sub 5,000 over there. And last year, Edmonds was the pass catching back. So if there's a, a possibility that he not only brings over his pass catching skill set from last year, but also potentially earns the goal line role, like there's a lot of ambiguity here. And I think we want to embrace that in GPP. So I like him a lot as a bring back if you're not going to go with Nuke.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to go Kyler and Hopkins, then the obvious stacking on the other side is like, well, probably going to go AJ Brown or or Derek Henry. And so instead, if you brought in Chase Edmonds, who we mentioned as had great positive correlation because he catches the ball. I think DraftKings is the place that you would uh, play chase Edmonds. And just to finish this out, uh, I am going to take the over with you. I don't know how I feel about the line. I feel like Tennessee minus three is, I wish it was like two and a half or something else, but uh, yeah, I will take the over. Any, any other thoughts? Nope. I'm with you. All right, let's, let's do this game. Let's throw down. I I've been thinking about this game for a while. Uh, We have two more to to cover, but this is the one that the people have been waiting for. It is the Fly Eagles Fly Philadelphia Eagles at My Dirty Birds of Atlanta. So Betts' team at... They they come to where we play the Mercedes-Benz Dome, dude. We don't mess around. Actually, we don't have a great... Our home record's (laughs) actually really bad.
0: No home field advantage for you.
1: No, this game has a 49-point total, so that's gone up from earlier in the week. And the Falcons are favored by three and a half so um what do you like in this game for dfs purposes
0: yeah let's start on the falcon side of the ball because we already talked about calvin ridley i think he's a great play especially we know the splits without julio he just dominates the target share the air yard share he's a touchdown monster he is gonna he's gonna dominate in this game so i like that stack and then we kind of already talked about kyle pitts too like he's fine but you just need to be understanding like he's gonna push that 25 30 percent roster percentage so If you're going to play him, you need to get different elsewhere in your lineup. I think a sneaky play, though, on their side of the ball. What are your thoughts on Russell Gage? Like, no one's talking about Russell Gage. And he's going to be an every-down player for this offense. And in DraftKings' full PPR scoring, he can get there on receptions alone at his, I think it's 5.3K salary. So I don't mind him as a leverage play off of uh, Kyle Pitts.
1: No, and shockingly, Gage and Ridley had really positive correlation last year. So when Gage got there... meant that Ridley did too. And so, yeah, it's the perfect leverage play to say, instead of pits, I'm going to get another player that probably not a lot of people are going to be rolling out gauge and pits. They'll be rolling out gauge and, and, or not gauge at all. So yeah, if you stacked Ryan Ridley and gauge, I think that's totally fine. I don't have a ton of interest in Mike Davis. Uh, The price is fine at 5,400, but I probably won't be playing the running backs here. I think maybe miles Sanders Could be interesting, like in GPPs, if you wanted to run it back there. But any thoughts on the running game?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not excited about Mike Davis this week. If he's going to get there, it's through the air because the Eagles, their main kind of focus on defense is to stop the run. So, yeah, he has to get their own receptions, which he could do for sure. But I'm not excited about him at all. And then, yeah, Miles Sanders, I think there's not a lot to say, like in terms of a positive outlook of like this is a smash spot for him. But it's a, it's a great game environment and no one in the industry is talking about Miles Sanders this week. Like I could see him easily coming in 2% in tournaments. So if you're playing those like large field or if you're a 150 player with these multi entry lineups, like sprinkle him in because I do think he's a, a really sneaky play in those types of formats.
1: No, that's perfect. And to say about Kyle Pitts, we mentioned him earlier in cash, but the reason why we're a little off, like if you're like, wait a second, I thought you guys were all about Kyle Pitts. Uh, we like his price but we have to factor in his roster percentage and he's probably going to hit 20%. And with tight ends, Uber chalky tight ends, like unless their name is Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, or Darren Waller, then it's not a guarantee and not something I want to do. If he even gets up to 25%, um, that's, that's pretty crazy. And so in tournaments, I just want to get different from everyone else. And I just think that's not where I want to go fully. I mean, maybe in some game stacks. Sure. If I want to do that, but um, it's not my favorite, but, Jalen hurts. Okay. The reason why I like him in terms of stacking is because I think you just pick hurts and then pick one pass catcher. So if you want to do miles Sanders, it's fine. Mention Devonta Smith and how much we like him. Um, Dallas Goddard's kind of a thin play, but listen to these rushing lines last year. Okay. So Jalen hurts started four games. He had 106 rushing yards on 18 attempts. He had 63 yards and a touchdown. He had 69 yards. Nice. And then he had another game. He had 34 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So this guy has averaged 68 rushing yards per game. That is an insane floor, but he also has a ceiling. And last year, the Falcons gave up two top 10 performances to Taysom Hill when they faced him. So it's just set up. The template's there for Jalen Hurts. That's why we like him in cash. So if you wanted to go Hurts, Devonta Smith, and then run it back with Calvin Ridley, I think that would be very normal. Like I think a lot of people actually do that. Um, But I, I think... Both sides are stackable.
0: Yeah. And I think this also on the Eagles side, especially, like, don't be afraid to get different. Like, there's a lot that makes a ton of sense on Atlanta's side. And on the Eagles side, it's like, okay, Jalen Hurts, well, who should we stack him with? Yep. Obviously, Devonta Smith. But, like, feel free if you're, again, large field, Jalen Riger, Quez Watkins, like, those are guys that no one's talking about in this game environment. We expect to be a shootout. So, again, don't be afraid to get different in those large fields.
1: All right, so give us your Vegas pick, and we are gonna have a straight up like money line like between bets and I like. If my Falcons win, there's something he's got to do. If the Eagles win, there's something he's got to do. But uh, what do you like for your Vegas pick?
0: Yeah, once we decide that, we'll have to put that out on uh, on Twitter. So look for that. But yes, I'm gonna roll with, with with my team with the correct birds here, the Eagles. I'll take them plus three and a half. If it was minus three, I was gonna go with the Falcons. So I'll take them to to cover uh, by at least a field goal.
1: All right, so all my friends in Atlanta, just uh, stop your podcast, fast forward if you need to. I will also take the Eagles plus oh, three and no. a half. <laughs> what? Dude, I was come a betting on. man, <laughs> dude. So how if are we going to straight this up wager? Money?
0: We're both on no, the no, no, Eagles we'll, plus three and a half. We'll just
1: do. If, no, we'll just do if the Falcons win. You got to do something of the Eagles, just for the like the straight up uh, okay, okay. who wins money line. But if I was a betting man, I actually would take the Eagles. Um, I think mean, the teams are pretty close if we're honest. Yeah. Um, So I'll take the points. All right. Last game. We're going to talk about stacking and then we'll get into our battle Royale and a mailbag segment. This is you and I, this is our favorite game this week. And it's our favorite because it's coming under the radar in our projections in terms of roster percentage. And I feel like nobody's talking about Russell Wilson. Like he's not showing up in a lot of, a lot of buzz. We don't really know what to do with Carson Wentz. Like, is he going to play? Is he going to be healthy? uh this game is is flying under the radar it was at 48 earlier this week but the Seahawks at the Colts is now at 50 and the DraftKings Sportsbook line is Seahawks minus two and a half it's in a dome why should we not like this game
0: absolutely love it this is going to be my like you know plant your flag in the sand this is the game I'm stacking I'm gonna have so much Russell Wilson this week so I really hope it works out. But yeah, there's so much to be excited about. Like you said, it's in a dome. Check. We, we can put that on, on the positives list. The other thing, this projects to be probably the fourth most popular game stack. Check. That's great for GPPs. It is creeping up into the 50s for the total. Check. It fits the bill. And now you have on Russell Wilson's side a cheap price tag, especially on DraftKings at 7 k and both of his wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, are coming in around the industry somewhere around 10% probably or less in roster percentage, it does not make any sense to me because the target share is so concentrated to those two dudes. Like Most people can't even name who the Seahawks wide receiver three is this year. That's how concentrated it is, but no one's talking about them for week one. I think that they can get there if they play up-tempo, especially with Shane Waldron there at OC. So yes, I want to get ahead of the curve and be aggressive with Russell Wilson's stacks this week because I do think come week two, week three, once people have seen it for a couple weeks in a row, the cat may be out of the bag.
1: No, that's, that is the perfect analysis. Like we don't know what this offense is and everyone's been used to, Oh, okay. Well, uh, we've seen what they were in the past. Pete Carroll want to run the ball. You have a new OC that actually says he wants to push the tempo, but I think most people say, I want to see it first. You want to get out ahead of that in GPPs where it doesn't cost you the same. Like we're not saying play Russian, Russ and cash. I'm not really, I put Metcalf in my cash, um, considerations cause he's DK Metcalf But other than that, like this game is kind of like all over the place. And um, like I said, we like it because there's so much leverage on the field. The only popular player we're seeing in our projections right now is Pity City, is Michael Pittman, who's going to probably be 10 plus percent. And we don't love the Seahawks secondary. They were awesome in the second half, but like maybe the worst secondary ever in the first half. And with Carson Wentz, I think that's the main thing that people are like "Uh, if we don't get Carson Wentz at full strength then I don't know if we like this game, but there's a lot of options here we like. Um, What about Jonathan Taylor? Because he's actually coming in lower too. I feel like he's not getting talked about.
0: Yeah, he's going to get lost in the shuffle this week for sure. I think he's a phenomenal GPP play this week in this game stack. Like my favorite build right now is pretty much Russ with these two guys in Metcalf and Lockett and then bringing it back with Jonathan Taylor because we know there's better correlation over the course of a long sample size using Fantasy Labs data that the opposing RB1 correlates better than the RB2. So I think a lot of people are going to say to themselves, "Okay, if Russ Wilson smashes, well, presumably the Colts are playing catch up and it has to be Naheem Hines out of the backfield on those checkdowns. And the data tells us not necessarily. So, yeah, he's 8K. He's kind of in that range, like right below Kamara, um, where you can't really spend up for him and the other guys that we already talked about. So I do think in, in tournaments, he is a phenomenal play that no one's going to be playing this week.
1: And there's a couple other fun plays here. Like if you said, I want to do Russell Wilson, one of the wide receivers and Chris Carson, and then run it back with Michael Pittman, I think you could totally do that. You don't want to play two running backs in the same game. So you wouldn't want Carson and Jonathan Taylor, probably in the same lineup. You wouldn't want Carson and Hines, but there's some fun little one-offs. There's a lot of fun nicknames in the tight ends, Mount Everett, uh, Big Montana, Baby Hands, Jack Doyle. You got Mo Alley, Cox, Gigantor, like, If you want to go that route and get different, I like Gerald Everett the most in GPPs. But uh, there's just so much to like in this game. And it's at 50, so I feel like it should get a little bit more.
0: Yep, I'm with you, man. And I will take my Vegas pick. I like the over. I also like Seattle to cover minus two and a half.
1: I will take Seattle minus two and a half as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully this is a game that you look at and you go, huh, I haven't looked that closely at that game. And for GPPs, All we care about is, are we different? And we're going to get it wrong a lot of times, but if you do hit and no one else is on that game, um, I think you've got something. But let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. The Battle Royale each week is a chance for Betts and I to have some categories and kind of give you some plays of people that we haven't really talked about that much uh, just to get different. But these categories are, are a chance for us to kind of Go head to head and each week we kind of recap it. So clean slate. We are tied right now. You haven't done anything this year. I haven't done anything yet this year. So our first category is give me a stacking quarterback on DraftKings under six thousand.
0: Yeah, sometimes there's an advantage to be in the show doc first because you're like, ooh, I get to put who I like before Kyle does. And now I have regrets because I actually like yours better. But I put in uh, Baker Mayfield as a stacking quarterback. Again, not a cash game play by any means, but if you want to create leverage on Patrick Mahomes stacks and you think that game script could go a little bit differently, he is cheap enough that you could stack him with Odell or Jarvis Landry.
1: I will go with Sam Darnold, who has done nothing in three years, but he's set up against his old mates at home. We love his weapons. If you wanted to stack him with CMC or, or DJ Moore, uh, I think that's totally fine. So Sam Darnold at 5K. Next category, give me a cash game running back. Not named CMC, Cook, Kamara, Henry, those main guys, give me a cash game running back.
0: Yeah, we talked about him at the top of the show. I'll go with Najee here. Again, the workload at the price at 6.3 on DraftKings is is just silly. I don't think he's going to blow the doors off this week. Like He's not going to probably get there on efficiency, but volume is going to be there. And in cash games, that's what we care about.
1: I'm going to go with James Robinson, 6.4 K Houston last year, as we like to say, was 32nd best against the run. They gave up the most rushing yards in the league. He's safe. I think it's not my favorite play of the week because Urban Meyer is kind of a wild card, but I think he's at a spot where you can say, all right, James Robinson, 15 plus touches. They're supposed to win. Um, I think he's, I think he's fine. All right. Cheap wide receiver on DK under 5,000.
0: All right, dude, let's roll with Pity City here. Michael Pittman, I love this game like we just talked about a few minutes ago. I also think he has a chance to come out and really dominate the targets without T.Y. Hilton there. So I will take Michael Pittman at 4.1K. And you did not mention this player on your side, so I just want to give a quick bonus as well. We can't forget about our boy Marv. I mean, come on. He is sub-4K this week, and Houston somehow, again, went from bad to worse. They just traded... Uh, Bradley Roby, who was one of their starting corners, like days ago before the opening season. Jacksonville should get there in, in theory, and Marv is just insanely cheap.
1: I'm going to give a couple of sophomore wide receivers that you could put in your cash game lineup um, if you really wanted to. Jerry Judy at 4,800. T. Higgins is also in that same exact range. Um, they're just ascending talents that are only going to go up here in price. So I like those guys. Woo, give me your punt tight end. I did not expect this name to be on yours.
0: Yeah, the only reason I put this in here is because there aren't a lot this week, and we love the game environment with Tennessee and the Cardinals. So I'll put the FERC daddy in here. He's 3.2K on DraftKings. It is a thin play, but again, when you are punting tight end in cash, you do not care. You are saving salary, and you're saying, get me a few points, and the rest of my lineup will make up for it. And that's pretty much exactly what Anthony Firkstra is this week. So let's hope he catches a touchdown.
1: I'm going to go with Conk himself, Tyler Conklin. 2900. I also like Tyler Croft. I love punt tight end. It's one of my favorite strategies and favorite parts of the game because when it hits, you feel awesome. So right now I'm basically toying with, do I play Conklin or Croft or do I play Kittle in cash? And right now, um, I don't have Kittle, which who is was my fantasy MVP, which I guess is kind of crazy. All right. Last thing right here. Give me a sneaky defense under three K. So sneaky defense, no one's talking about
0: Yeah, I don't know how this is sneaky because it seems incredibly obvious that the Vikings are taking on the Bengals and they are 3K on DraftKings. There's bad vibes out of Cincy and it hasn't changed for weeks. You know, you've got the Joe Burrow injury recovery, maybe some lack of confidence. He played three snaps total in the preseason. So I think he's going to be rusty coming back. Jamar Chase just told... Uh, someone in the media that he he's not catching the ball as easy because it's harder to catch the NFL ball compared to the college ball like there are just bad vibes everywhere around this team and oh by the way they still have an absolutely horrific offensive line so I will take the Vikings at 3k all
1: right for me I mean the Falcons don't count if you're thinking you're sneaky with the Falcons at 2k it's just not happening they're going to be 15 plus percent um, I'm going to say the Jaguars who don't have a good defense but they're playing Tyrod Taylor who's averaged 18 completions per game in his career, which is like JV level. That's like barely JV level. It's pretty bad. Uh, and then I need to throw this out. This is a Fanduel only play because uh, I looked it up. The Giants are like weird on DraftKings. For some reason, the Giants are like the the defense five this week. It, it doesn't make any sense. But if you go to Fanduel, like they're way cheaper. They're way different. Like they're only 3,700. So uh, I like the Giants as a really deep, really weird play. Everyone's playing the Broncos. Flip the script, and uh, and you can get the Giants. So um, that's what I like. Let's hear from some of our faithful, faithful listeners. Mailbag. Wanted to make sure we got in a couple of mailbag questions that you guys submitted on Twitter, and hopefully these will be helpful for some of you that um, going into week one, you're like, all right, I just need some more strategy-related stuff. So this first question comes in from Micah Peters at Micah underscore Peters. I, I, my accent changed there. My <laughs> <was> underscore <laughs> Micah underscore Peters. is. I don't know uh, what just
0: happened, but that was awesome.
1: All right, Micah. Uh, here's what he said. He said, for main slate GPPs, do you pretty much avoid all players from games with low point totals? So like in the low 40s, or do you consider any of the skill positions? So the games on this, this week's slate that are low, the lowest is, is Broncos at Giants with 42 points. Then it's the Dolphins at the Patriots, 43 and a half. Jets at the Panthers, 44. And then the 49ers at the Lions, 44 and a half. So how are you treating games like that that are that low in their totals? Yeah,
0: I think the correct approach here is to kind of pick and choose your spots. You know, These are not the games that you go all in with a full game stack where you want to go with a quarterback and two pass catchers from one team and then bring it back with like two guys on the other side of the ball. You're just asking a lot to go right. And we talked about on one of our shows this summer that when the game total is this low, typically the under actually hits a lot more. So Vegas is telling us something with this information. We should use it. That said, there are valuable pieces here, especially looking at things from a point-per-dollar perspective. We talked about... Corey Davis being too cheap. Sam Darnold is is pretty cheap, as are his guys. Um, Raheem Mostert, we like this week. He's in one of these games. So there are spots that you can kind of pick and choose, but I would definitely not be game stacking here in tournaments.
1: Yeah, the only reason you would game stack is you'd say the 49ers as an onslaught stack, you get three or four guys and they just destroy the Lions or maybe the Panthers, you get three guys and you run it back with Corey Davis or Tyler Croft. Uh, There's some fine cash plays like for New England, like you could tell me on FanDuel that Damien Harris could work in cash, but for the most part, these are players that you either do one-offs or if you are going to use them in a tournament, then you need to correlate. So if you wanted to do Raheem Mostert and TJ Hawkinson, and you're saying, okay, everyone's doing Kittle, I'm going to do Hawkinson, those two players correlate. Or if you're going to do CMC, get Corey Davis, those are the only ways that you want to do it. So think of correlation for uh, GPPs, not whole game stacks, and then for... Uh, Cash, there's a couple of players that uh, could work. All right, two more questions. This one's from at Bobby Peril. He said, what's the most important part of your weekly process? Like, what's the one thing you would want listeners to absolutely do before finalizing a lineup? Thanks. Love this question. And I felt really, really like some zeal about it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of ways I want to answer this, but I feel like to answer what is the one thing to take away from what a weekly process should look like, I think it is to kind of trust what you were thinking early in the week and then kind of go from there versus we talked about last year like there was a few weeks where I felt like on Saturday Sunday like I kind of got caught up in the hype of a certain game or a certain player and I kind of like threw everything that I had prepped out the window sometimes and I want to not do that this week so trusting kind of your process early trusting um, the plays that you like early not saying you can't adjust to news and things like that but don't don't get so caught up in all of this content and news and all this sort of stuff that comes out on like Saturday, Sunday morning. Trust yourself. You got to Friday for a reason with a good process. So keep keep with it.
1: All right, I'm going to give you two really quick ones, but I feel pretty strong about it. In cash, find somebody who knows what they're talking about or at least understands game theory and understands how DFS works and text them a screenshot of your lineup on Thursday or Friday. And then slowly adjust. Like let them pick out something The worst thing is if you show somebody a cash game lineup, they're like, oh, that's perfect. Like, I want someone to critique it. And so that's what Betts and I get to do is say, like, what do you think? And he's going to go, you're playing Mike Glennon in cash? What are you doing?
0: (laughs) Pretty much we had that exact conversation last year.
1: And I said, you're an idiot, Betts. You have no idea who this man is. Michael Joseph Glennon. And you just need a different set of eyes. Let's be honest. Like, Get outside of yourself. Get outside of your own takes. And right now, it's probably the worst because we've had so much time to build up our thoughts and we have this take lock with certain players and in redraft, it's worth like our lineups are pretty much set. There might be some guy that you're flexing, but like I have my guys in my lineup and I want them to do well. So, uh, get outside of yourself, show a friend. And then for GPPs, I, let me be as Frank as possible. My name is Kyle. I'm not even Frank. You need to make sure (laughs) you, you need to make sure that you're integrating roster percentages in your process for tournaments you are playing blindly if you don't at least have some exposure to that. And so we have that in the DFS pass. It is some great content because I had a couple of friends this morning, good friends. We're in a league together. And they said, Oh, what do you think about Michael Pittman this week? I know you really like him. Would he be a good play in DFS? And I said, yeah, I think he's fine. He's a good price. But in the context of a tournament, people are talking about Michael Pittman. You know, people know this is same thing with Kyle Pitts, Like, People know that Kyle Pitts is 4.4, so you can play him in cash, but in a tournament, you have to get different elsewhere. And so that's why when we talked about Miles Sanders earlier, it's like, oh, that's how you get different. You stack Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts with Miles Sanders, and, and you get different. Anything you want to add to roster percentages?
0: I'm just going to take it one step further. If you're not using roster percentages and playing in, in GPPs, you're probably lighting your money on fire. I mean, that's how important it is. So, yes, I'm excited that we have that in the DFS pass. If you're listening to this, it's probably already up in there. It drops on Friday. So, go check it out.
1: Yep. And that is a weekly process. We come out with that on Friday afternoon. We refine it one time on Saturday, and then we refine it again on Sunday morning. So, uh, it slowly does change as we get injury news and whatnot. But, it tells you how popular a player is and who's a who's a good uh, GPP play. All right, last one here, uh, Jonathan Rogers. He said, "How do you differentiate between getting different and being too cute?" And we've all done this. He said, "I'm trying to avoid Galaxy Brain as much as possible this year."
0: Yeah, this is a delicate balance between, I think, median projection and then realizing what a player's ceiling might be, and then balancing that with roster percentages. Like we said, if you just pick all the top plays in the world, so is everyone else. So like you, you're not going to be different at all. You have to get different somehow. But the tricky part is people think that they have to get so different that they find all the 1%, 2%, 3% guys and just build lineups that way. But it's so thin because there's a reason they're 3%. It's because they're not great plays, right? So I think that's what's getting cute is being smart about it and getting different is using roster percentages, but identifying players that have a similar outcome that the field is valuing very, very differently. For example, last year, I think it was like a Derrick Henry week. Dalvin Cook was like 100 or $200 cheaper, but everyone was locked on to Derrick Henry. And it's like, well, yeah, they're both awesome players. They could both get there. So that's a way that you're not sacrificing a lot of projection, but you're still being smart about how you get different. You're not trying to galaxy brain yourself into all these things. So I think that's one way to do it when you're looking at similar players price in a certain price range.
1: Getting different is about creating leverage on the field. Like, I want to get different, not just to, like, find a play that no one else is doing. I just want to get leverage against everyone else that is playing a certain player. So let's say you just didn't want to play Dalvin Cook this week. Well, the way you get different is you say, I'm stacking Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen all together, and that's creating a ton of leverage against it. It's not a cute play. It's just a, hey, this is how you get different. Um, And when you're different, you're leaning on that correlation, not just on feeling, and when you get different, you understand like, okay, I'm going to get this wrong, but my process was right. I wanted to basically create leverage against Dalvin Cook. When you get cute and you start going you know, further down, then you're like, I got to play Naeem Hines this week because the Colts are going to be behind and he'll get the pass catching work. And he did, he got 23 points in week one last year. Like that's when you start galaxy braining. and galaxy branding and getting cute is about going back to your player takes. And you end up going, okay, well, next week I'll get my player take right. Go back to the process. Look at this from a game perspective and a game theory perspective. And um, and that's how you can get different. I think that's that's what matters more. Um, before we leave, before we leave, I teased this earlier. I wanted to make sure that you guys uh, you guys were hearing this and that we went out with a bang. So just a little warning, your ears and your face are about to be completely blown off.
0: Fantasy Face Off presented by
1: DraftKings. That is a fire drop. And that was awesome. I apo- I apologize to the elderly and to people with hearing problems <laughs> if that just you're like, whoa, these dudes were talking. I gave a warning though, right?
0: You did. That was fair.
1: All right, so Betts, why don't you explain to people what we're doing every single week and what we have special going on this week? On DraftKings.
0: Yeah, DraftKings, they're pretty much our best friend right now. They are literally giving our listeners a chance to win money for the price of free, $0 entry fee. But they're giving us a a tournament to play with you guys. It is unlimited, so we can fill it up with as many people as you want. If you want to play with us. There you go, with Russ. That fits the theme because we love Russ this week. It is unlimited, and it is free to play with a $1,000 prize pool. Go to ballersdfs.com. It'll bring you up to a link to the tournament that we are hosting. It'll say fantasy footballers, Bets and Borg. Play that and then enter the contest that is there. Again, is free. Free money to be won. Come play with us on DraftKings.
1: Some people, I just need to be really clear, they join the league, bets, but then they actually don't join the tournament. So right now we just hit over 1,000 people in the league, which is awesome. Um, but there are fewer than that that are actually in the free tournament. So uh, do people just not understand how to click?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's confusing. Maybe people are rushing. They're on their phone. They're just trying to do it quickly. I'm not sure. But that is how you do it. You join the league and then you have to go into the contest as well. So two steps to get there. But again, it's free money. So take the extra second. Come play with us.
1: Yep. BallersDFS.com. Each week, we will actually give more and more different contests. And uh, right now, uh, we have another one that's that we did last year that we gave to OG listeners. And we will continue to give them out more and more. So each week, Have that DraftKings app ready. You will get a notification that says this contest is going live and hopefully it'll fill up. So we're excited to play DFS with you guys this year. We want to see those screenshots. Um, We're excited this weekend, so feel free to reach out to us. But any parting words for the people?
0: No, I don't think so, man. I'm excited for week one. It is finally here. Go win some money. We'll see you guys next week.